I miss clean feet. <laughs> I'm gonna do clean feet here in a few weeks from a from a Raiders game. That'll be fun. Oh, clean yeah. feet's coming back. Clean We're feet's coming back. Clean yeah, feet back. for one day. I can't wait. Yeah. Ed in his hotel room. What? Maybe for an hour and a half, but I got to catch a flight. I I should leave on that before. I should leave for the airport and just not tell you I'm gone. Hello? (laughs) Uh, ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. A lot of fisticuffs yesterday. Let's get it going. The first bite. Did the Rams and Raiders actually practice yesterday or just fight? Man, a lot of fisticuffs out there, huh? Start hitting the whole cliche. Well, we got to start hitting someone else. Don't want to hit ourselves. Well, then you just started hitting people. <laughs> I I enjoyed that the whole build up to this week with the joint practice with the Rams was that this was the most important part of preseason. This was more important than any of the preseason yeah, games. Right. This was a this was a real chance to see the Raiders ones against the Rams right. ones, and this would be the most important couple of days of the preseason. And then after the first day, all we hear about are the fights. Yeah. And Sean McVay, the Rams coach, complaining that, well, it was really sloppy out there because we kept stopping after every play to fight each other. And he couldn't really evaluate what his team did. So all that built up to this being important, and they just spent the entire day fighting. Did you other. get a feeling McVay reading his stuff wanted to say it was both teams but really thought it was just the Raiders? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think he thought his guys did anything. <laughs> like, I read that he was, well, you know, you know, they, they talked to John and discussed it and... McVeigh was kind of, I think, reading between the lines. These guys came down here and just started fighting all of us. <laughs> this so, is what we want from Hard Knocks. Well, we had, <laughs> we had like, apparently there was a skirmish or a fight that Richie Incognito was in the middle in, right? Yeah. That happened. Yeah. Apparently there was one that Jalen Ramsey laid a big hit on somebody, and I think it was on Foster Moreau, and that right. started a, a skirmish or whatever the hell you want to call these things. And then there was another one where uh, Vic Tafer tweeted out that the Rams uh, tackled Amik Robertson on a punt return. And then there was a dog pile because it happened by the Raiders sideline and all the Raiders players on the sideline ran over to jump on the Rams players. And Mike Mayock had to jump in and pull players off. What? Is there any chance someone from the Rams knocked off Mayock's VGK hat? Because <laughs> instead of a Raider hat, I'm guessing he had his Vegas Golden Knights hat on for some reason. I just love, and I think you do, I love the the vision of Mike Mayock. Yes. And I, I kind of wish it was Aaron Donald. Like, he <laughs> tried to pull Aaron, and he wouldn't move him. Like, he was, like, tugging, and Aaron Donald just didn't move, and Mike Mayock's on top, like, climbing on top of him. Oh, that was great. What is Mike Mayock doing pulling right. people off do you, anything? Do you think at any point they're like, oh, we're going to have a joint practice with the Rams? Mike, <laughs> Mike Mayock <laughs> thought, I'm going to be pulling guys yeah. out of a dog yeah. pile yes. after a special team's yeah. tackle. <laughs> like, that's what's going to ignite a fight or a dog pile, and I'm going to have to break it up what? between these two Why teams. is he doing that? <laughs> I, I, don't I mean, know. it's great, and it's funny. It's hilarious. Like, yeah, Mayock, yeah, please stay out of this. These guys I are mean, younger, and they've got equipment on. Well, I would think... <laughs> I would think Mike Mayock runs over there to break it up when he thinks it's, like, gone too far. Like, if two guys started squaring up like they were just going to fight each other one-on-one and punch each other in the face, then I would assume Mike Mayock would jump in there. But this was just apparently a dog pile, and he was just and trying he's like to pull jumping on top out. of people? <laughs> 
He, he had to make the determination on whoever is fighting if they were going to make the 53. That's what it was? Somebody important? Wait, that guy might make our team. Like, if it was someone who's had no chance to make the 53, he's like, yeah, let him go. We're cutting that guy next week anyway. We need him. <laughs> yes, exactly. We need him. Pull, i got to pull Aaron Donald off because we need Derek Carrier, yes, whoever the exactly. hell it was, at the bottom of that pile, the third-string tight end. They... I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised because, like I said, like, that's all the, the every football, even college teams say that tired of hitting ourselves, tired of hitting ourselves. We got to hit someone else. Uh, now, college teams don't do the, well; they they scrimmage, but they don't do these. You know, hey, we're gonna you and gonna go scrimmage. You know, Utah or somebody. Well, don't do that. Um, so I wasn't surprised at this many fights. I think I would think the second day is not going to be that way. I, I think they got it out yesterday, and at some point, I think McVeigh and Gruden will say, "All right, we're done here, and I would let's hope get so. some let's get something out of this, please." I would hope so. I mean, otherwise, McVeigh might never talk to John Gruden again. <laughs> if they spend the day fighting, McVeigh's gonna be like, "What the hell did we do this for?" Like Gruden's like, "No more fighting. We're just gonna watch Hunter beat the hell out of Jalen Ramsey on post draft. <laughs> we're just gonna watch him like make moves and like go past the guy who just got like a hundred million dollars." Okay, so Dad, your guys keep drop kicking my guys. <laughs> Is that what you think Jalen Ramsey tweeted about? Oh, yeah, because I think he saw other tweets where Renfro burned him. I I couldn't think of anything else he would be tweeting about, right? Jalen Ramsey tweeted yesterday, I can't believe that y'all believe half the BS that people say for clicks. Y'all got to know at this point and do better than that. LOL. It's all love. I ain't going to pop my bleep, but just know I'm really the chosen one. Well, I've never pl- popped a bleep. And I don't know why he's loving everyone with that tweet. Like the love part, like oh, all my love. And then it's like, bleep you. Um, yeah, I I saw it. I don't know about you. Like, I don't know when it happened, but immediately guys who were covering that, like we're tweeting about it, like, oh man, Hunter Infra just burned Jalen Ramsey. I And these guys are so much on Twitter and they're so aware of social media. And if anyone tagged him, he probably knew it like two plays later. He's probably on the sideline on Twitter instead of waiting till after the practice. So I couldn't. I don't think it's anything else. I don't think he's talking about fighting. But is he really that upset about getting beat by Hunter Renfro he's in a practice? Got a pretty big ego and just signed a big contract. I get, but it's what was his last line? I'm the I'm the truth. I'm really the chosen. Yeah, one. the chosen. I mean, you know, it was Bryce Harper. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, but like it's a joint practice on August 18th. Like, who cares if you got burned by uh, Richie Incognito on a post route? It doesn't matter. I just think his ego's huge. I guess. I don't, okay, so let me ask you this then. What else would he be talking about? I don't know. I, I mean, have no idea what he'd be talking about. I don't think he's talking about fighting. Did anybody, well, did, wasn't he involved yeah, in a he fight? Was, I mean, he was accused of starting one of the skirmishes. Or uh, I guess it or could be that. Was. I guess it could be that. I want it to be Renfro. Yeah, I do too. And but I guess it could be that. I mean, it could be the fights, but I also think he might be proud that it was the fights. He might yeah. be proud that he started yeah, one of exactly. the fights or something like that. Yeah, but, because that tweet says you're wrong yeah. about something. Yeah. So I just. I. It's a joint practice in August. Who cares if Hunter Renfro burns you? Like Burn we're not bad. we're not anointing Hunter Renfro over here. We're not like mate like uh oh Jalen Ramsey can't cover Hunter Renfro. Better get him out of the league. Like it's it's a joint practice in August, and it was like what one play, maybe two plays. Like yeah, he burned him on. I think he burned him on another one where Car missed the Car missed. I saw that video. Well, maybe that's one people are talking about. I he burned him on a play and. He was in the end zone and Carr overthrew him. If Carr makes a good throw, it's a touchdown. Now maybe that's the play they're talking about. That's the only one I saw Hunter in for a go against Jalen Ramsey, and he beat him. I mean, he beat him on the play, but Carr overthrew him. That's all dumb. It's all stupid. I love it. I love the fights. Now, what's better, all the fights or 
David Carr going on NFL Network and saying Javen White has Hall of Fame potential. Okay, you're you're kidding. Though. No, he was on NFL Network and he talked about Javen White, former UNLV linebacker who is fighting to make the team this year. He was on the practice squad, yeah. got activated for a few games last year, but is fighting to make the team this year. David Carr on NFL Network <sighs> said that Javen White has Hall of Fame potential. My goodness. Are the Carr brothers completely like, have they like the over the, well, see, here's the thing. Derek's statement yesterday about Aaron Donald might be true. Like he's going to end up being the, what do you say? The greatest down lineman and the yeah, greatest interior. Yeah, lineman. Interior. Well, I mean that he has a yes. chance to do that. Um, Javen White, um, maybe he's talking about the UNLV Hall of Fame. <laughs> do they have one out there? Do they have a football Hall of Fame? I don't even know if they have one. They, have, is, they do have a Hall of Fame. It is uh, Randall Cunningham okay. and the Icky Shuffle. Those are the only two things in the Hall, in the of, Hall Fame. of Fame. And Kenny Mayne, some appearance on SportsCenter. Yes, Not Kenny anything Main. Kenny Mayne did at UNLV, no, just Kenny no, Mayne on Kenny Main Sports. Um, no, that's the UNLV Hall of Fame. So, you yes, know, maybe Javen White can crack that trio. I mean, David Carr, there's, there's so many other things to pick from. <laughs> I mean, think about that. If you lined up, hey, David, you've got to talk about the Raiders and the Hall of Fame. And you can't mention your brother because that's silly because you just do enough of that. Last year, he's going to be the MVP. Um, but just start going down the row and, and say who could be the Hall of Fame who's great. How far do you get down before you mention Javen White? Pretty far. Uh, pretty pretty far. far. Did you watch Hunter Renfro beat the guy who just got $100 million? Why isn't Hunter Renfro in the Hall of Fame? Like, So Pete Schrager, who is on NFL Network, I think he's on their morning right. show, He's like doing a countdown of like breakout players this year. And he said Foster Moreau is like his number six breakout player of the year, which okay. is a little strange because he's not going to get a lot of targets with the right, other guy. Right. Like Darren Waller exists. <laughs> yes. And then I'm pretty confident saying like Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, Kenyon Drake are probably all going to get more targets yeah. than him. Like best case Maybe Brian scenario. Edwards. Yeah, best case scenario, he's getting like the fifth most targets. But then you go to like Brian Edwards, Josh Jacobs. Zay Jones, don't yeah. sleep on him. John Brown, <laughs> Willie Sneed. Like yeah. there's a lot of guys that could get more targets than than Foster Moreau. I like Foster Moreau. I think he's yeah. good. If Darren Waller didn't exist, I think Foster Moreau would have a massive season. But like, is he going to have more than 400 receiving yards this year? Probably not. But the point is, Pete Schrager saying Foster Moreau is a potential breakout player is a much better take than Javen White oh, has absolutely. Hall of Fame absolutely. potential. Rock, like, paper, scissors. I mean, I I like what? I love that guy. I mean, I, the, I wish, I love, you know, Waller's great in the interview room too, but Foster Rose off the charts. I want him to be great. Um, yeah, Javen White, I don't know where he really came up with that. But is it because they mic'd up Javen White in that game? and he Maybe. Kept, did you see that? Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. Most mic'd ups are just most okay. mic'd up are kind of silly because they know they're mic'd up and they feel they have to kind of go overboard. I thought he went, but again, he. But again, other players of the Raiders who've come in on press conferences have talked about him, and to a man, they go, "That guy talks a lot." So maybe that's why they mic'd him up. Like they, that's the one thing they say about him. He, he talks a lot. Uh, he's good, but he talks a lot. So I think he makes the team. Yeah, he's he's a guy, he'll make, yeah. the, he'll he's make got a good team, chance to be a but... backup linebacker on this team. But yeah, Hall, Hall of Fame. Of fame. What's uh, what and in the world like, was he talking last about? year? David Carr's take of John Gruden to win Coach of the Year, Derek, Derek Carr MVP. Won MVP, and the Raiders to win the AFC West yes. was better than Javon. Oh, White, absolutely, Hall of Fame. Absolutely, it would be better this year if he said all that. Yes, and and added in, I, I mean, and added in, um, pick a rookie of the year, Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood being rookie of the year in the NFL is a better take than Javen White making the Hall of Fame. Can you imagine an offensive lineman? Being yeah, like of the year? no, it's a better take. It Javen White in the Hall of Fame. 
<laughs> UNLV zone. <laughs> well, I'd be there. Well, yeah, I'd be there first, right? I don't know who else would be. In Is there. Randall in the college football hall of fame? Uh, I would guess that. yes, but I, I don't guess know the yes. answer to I that. Well, I don't. I don't think they have an NFL one. I or... just. I mean. It's just so preposterous. I want to know when he came up with that in his head. <laughs> like, I'm going to give... Like, what did Javen White do? He's like, oh, hold on a second. I mean, it's like... Let me get he... my flag out <laughs> so that I can get this hot take before yeah. anybody wow. else gets here. So many more hot he takes He forced an incompletion from that McCoff guy playing quarterback for the Seahawks okay. in the third quarter. Right. Maybe that's what it was. All right, was coming he, up but next. Real before you break. Was he kidding? No, he wasn't. The NFL Network. He said this with a straight face. Yeah, the NFL Network posted it on Facebook with like David Carr thinks Javen White has Hall of Fame potential, and it's a whole like 90 second, two minute segment on him talking about Javen White. I guess we got to break. Unless I, his I entire shtick is it's him, like, is him just making jokes about how bad the Raiders are. Unless his well, entire, we know that's not true. Well, right, but <laughs> if that's his entire shtick, then yes, he was joking. <laughs> Right, but then he was also joking about Derek Carr. Yes, being he wasn't joking about his brother. Right, but it's it's the same thing, the same exact delivery of that's just his random Raiders wow. optimistic prediction is Javen White's got Hall of Fame potential. Well, I'll tell you what. Eventually, if this happens, David Carr is the greatest <laughs> announcer in the history of the world. He, he has surpassed everyone who's ever been an announcer. He has to give like the little pre-speech to Javen White's Hall of Fame induction. He, he if, should be his presenter. Yes. yes. <laughs> Who else would present that guy at this point if he actually makes it? All right, coming up next, we'll get to the Golden Knights. And if Marc-Andre Fleury's jersey is still going to be the best-selling Golden Knights jersey this year. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. You have two more days to sign up for our Star is Born contest over on Raider Nation Radio. If you want to be on the air with Clay Baker and the morning tailgate, you need to go to lvsportsnetwork.com, upload a one-minute video about why you should be on the air with Clay Baker and the morning tailgate. Again, you've got two more days. Uh, Submissions are over on Friday, and then voting will begin for somebody to end up on air uh, with Clay Baker over on Raider Nation Radio. Just find the Star is Born uh, image on lvsportsnetwork.com. I'm voting for David Carr. (laughs) (laughs) Be actually great if he was on there. Would be. David White, Hall of Famer. (laughs) David White. So, Golden Knights news. Alan Snell yesterday tweeted out a picture from T-Mobile Arena. I assume from the store at T-Mobile Arena. They still have Marc-Andre Fleury jerseys on sale at T-Mobile Arena. I guess that makes sense. They're not going to get On sale, you say? <laughs> not on sale. Oh. No. For, excuse me. Uh, for sale. For let sale. Me, let me correct do, my phrasing. Do not there. ever say on sale Before, over there. Yes. <laughs> Before anybody we could give a, we, we could give away a Fleury jersey. <laughs> They're for sale. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense if they had them already printed. There's no sure. point in I, I'd sell them if you can sell them. Do you think he still has one of the most popular sold jerseys over the next 12 months for the Golden Knights? No. No. I think people get they get interested in the season at hand. And if anyone's playing well, they'll want that guy. I'm trying to think of the new guys. Eh. Evgeny well, Dadanov. Oh, Nolan Patrick's is flying off the shelf at this Hack point. Hack of Um I don't think so. Well, what, tell me what you think. Top five, top three. I, I don't. I mean, you'd have to. I guess give a number because then I'd have to think about it over the course of a season. So the issue is they're not going to make anymore. No. So he's got to. It's got to sell what's no. left right. of the flurry stock. So he probably. I would not think he'd be top five simply because of that. Because no. 
by the time we get to November, December, there probably won't be any more to buy, would be my guess. So No, the, and they'll completely be out of stock if Leonard's 0-3, because then everyone's <laughs> going to be rushing that store. Say, I told you so. Don't trade my guy. Can't trade him. They'll be off the, st- off the stock. I'm with you. I don't think that at the end of the year, maybe the beginning, like, I'm not trying. I mean, literally, if the guy starts out poorly, I could see people, oh, I'm going to get the flurry jersey. But I think at the end of the year, no. Yeah. No, it can't be. I mean. The first game Leonard started in the playoffs against Colorado, <laughs> there were those four fans at the game in Colorado who dressed up with flower petals yes. around. They cut out construction paper flower petals and put them around their face. Yeah, but that was just in the press box. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It was just up with the media. So, I don't think so. I don't think you no. They I don't need look, I don't know how many jerseys they have left of him. I assume, like you said, a lot. They probably made more of his than any, right? I, I they probably yeah. did. I assume they'll sell all the ones they have. Yeah. I assume people will go buy them, but they won't keep buying them. I just think it's funny. You can go down to the official team store and still buy one. Would they let you get a personalized jersey and put Flurry twenty nine on the back? Ooh. Or would I they mean, stop if you pay you full price, I think right. that you pretty much do anything. Uh yeah. I don't can't you just put any name on there? I mean, no, they'll stop. Like if you if you go, I don't know about in person, but like if you go online, they will prevent you from putting certain names on the back of jerseys. Players jerseys. Yeah, like I didn't know that. Like I'll give you this example for when the United States soccer team came out with their newest jersey. I went to the U.S. website to the store to try to buy one, and I wanted to get a Christian Pulisic, Pulisic jersey. Jersey, yeah. I couldn't get one. They, yeah, but you could get one other ways. No, well, I could get they one from, They must sell like, his jersey. They, for, for a while, they weren't. I'd have to go check again. But, like, when they first came out with that jersey, you could buy a plain one with no name and number on the back. You could buy a handful of the women's players with a name and number on the back. But they had no men's teams. They do have personalized jerseys. And if you went to, hey, I'm going to get a personalized jersey where you can put your own name and right. number on the back, and you put Pulisic and 10, they would reject it and say, this is What not- if you just wanted 10? You could get number. Yeah, you could get number. You number. Do you get his number? You just wouldn't get his name. Right. You just could not put Pulisic and ten on the back. Can you get his premier jersey? Uh, I assume so. Yeah, Chelsea probably sells it. Okay. But like, if you but like, there was a time period. I I, I'll have to go check again and see if it's changed. I would just be selling everything. Who you cares? Think so yeah, but they did. I mean, you couldn't buy a Pulisic ten jersey for a little while. From I mean, the there's US. a guy walking so. down the street. He's like five eight three fifty with Pulisic. You're like, is that him? <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they might they might stop you from actually buying it. I I'd, I'd be curious to see if that's the case here. So well, not the ones on the on the uh, shelves. I have two questions: How many will they sell? And two: Why in the world was Alan Snell at this place taking two pictures? I, Come on, Alan. I don't know. It was on his bike stop. I he probably yeah. rode his bike there and was like, Ooh, he's all over story. town, man. I got to give Alan credit. He he is. All, there's like ten of them. <laughs> I see this kid at like ten different places in one day. I'm like, is there ten of you? Good for him. He works hard. Do you think he leaves a bike at like a few different spots around town and rides one to it, chains it up, and gets on his new bike yes. and keeps going like yes. it's a pit stop? Yes. It's like I give Alan like so much in, credit. Like because... you were in Denver, didn't they? Have, did they have? It was scooters? oh, they had uh, scooters. Yeah, yeah. Justin just Emerson almost like killed himself. And you three just times. leave him on the side of the road. You just drop him. Yeah, and you can do your swiping of your card. Alan Snell the other night for the uh, Seattle game. I give this kid so much credit. It's like one. It, it feels like one twenty out, and we park in the park in the uh, media lot, and just the total spoiled media uh, translation. Cassie and I, uh, we park like two feet from the bus, and we get out like, oh, it's so hot, it's so hot. Here comes Alan on the bike. I'm like, <laughs> we're complaining. Alan just rode thirty six miles on a bike. 
So I gave him all kind of credit. I looked at the cats. I said, we shouldn't be complaining. (laughs) (laughs) So just to let you know, if you go to the Golden Knights team store, you can still buy a Marc-Andre Fleury jersey. They still have them for sale. But if you go to, hey, I want to buy a customized one and type in 29 Fleury, you cannot get it. It rejects it from you. I get that. You can, however, type in 87 Shippashov, and you can get that. Are you serious? You can get you, you get can, Shippy's jersey. You can type it in Shippashov. If, if you do customizable jersey, type in eighty-seven. Well, they only sold like one of them, so they're trying to get them. They're trying to get as many off the <laughs> off the uh, the uh, shelves as they can. Wow, I don't, Tyler, I don't know. I would just sell everything. You're ready for our sharp to get a Shippy jersey? <laughs> it's full price, Jared. Oh, oh no, well, he's not nope, getting a nope, Shippy jersey. Um. I, I don't uh, you have, he has a Pulisic jersey up so I don't I just don't know why like the USA like I don't know why they wouldn't sell his jersey I mean he's the paying. best he's the best American player I would think you'd want to like market him as much yeah. as possible I mean they they he was paying one hundred and twenty dollars for his for his jersey it's a T-shirt I would what do you mean All right fair oh enough. it's not a jersey it's one hundred percent cotton no it's a, it's a jersey Jerry's just calling it a T-shirt because he oh. doesn't think it's an actual shirt. What he said. I don't know. I <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't major in marketing, because I'd sell everything. Yeah. I, Especially his USA jersey. Who, who wait, cares? Where, where are you seeing that, Jared? Fanatics. Oh, okay. On the on the U.S. soccer store, USsoccer.com store, there, it's only the women's players. There is, no wonder there we're is trailing the world in soccer. We don't even sell these guys jerseys. <laughs> not a single one on here. <laughs> I wonder if we're so bad. It's Pulisic. Jeez. <laughs> you can buy every single women's player's jersey, too. If I'm him, I'm like calling saying, why can't my dad get my jersey? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> All right. Coming up next, David Roth joins the show. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. David Roth back on the show with us. Very happy for this. David, I I think I've asked you this exact question before, but I think it still applies. Are we not talking about Shohei Otani enough? I kind of feel like we should be talking about Shohei Otani more as a matter of, like, self-care. Like, there's all these you know, really annoying kind of like depressing things happening around the fringes in baseball. And then there's just this like big, cool, happy dude that hits homers and does dances <laughs> afterwards and throws 90 in his eighth inning of work and stuff. And it's like, yeah, why, why would you not choose to enjoy that instead? Are we about to get like the same thing we've seen with Mike Trout, where this guy is awesome, but the angels cannot make the playoffs for like, I a feel like, yeah, I think we're kind of getting it. At some point, it's going to be really hard for them not to make the playoffs. You know, but like if he's this good and Trout is healthy enough and they're on the same team in the same year, like whatever else you get from Anthony Rendon and the other, you know, six spots in the lineup, like at some point that team's probably a wild card team. But credit to the Angels for uh, spending another year not being a wild card team. Uh, there's no other organization quite like them. Is Steve Cohen the best owner in the history of sports? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been, everybody here in the Mets fan community has been thinking about it a lot of late. And I think that's the, it's the only conclusion you can really reach. Look at the evidence. Uh, he does post. Yes, he posts. Gets, 
getting Epic online is pretty much the one thing you want your owner to do. I guess also the other thing you want your owner to do is refuse to take on salary at the deadline because he doesn't think his team's actually good, and then they go in the tank, and then he complains about how they went in the tank. That's also tight when owners do that. So you wanted Chris Bryant. (laughs) Chris Bryant was yours until the last second. And Brian would have been great. I feel like the Giants got him for very little because they were willing to pay his salary. The one that has made me angry, I guess. Actually, I don't know if I did. I sound angry there. Did I sound? I wanted to come off just kind of you know devil may care, having fun watching my team lose every game for two straight weeks. Uh, the issue for me was they had a deal with uh, the Twins. Apparently, were very close to one for Josh Donaldson and Kenta Maeda. And the, so the Twins were just bailing water, and they were you know if you took Donaldson's contract, you could basically have Kenta Maeda, and uh, which is more or less what they did with the with Cleveland to get Carlos Carrasco and, and uh, Francisco Lindor for very little. And at that point, they were just like, "No, we're not going to not going to pay Josh Donaldson. Um, we're happier, you know, had making Jonathan VR play third base during the pennant race and stuff." And to me, like, it's not about whether or not they would have made the playoffs with or without Josh Donaldson and Kent Maeda. I think there's enough other problems injury wise with the the team, and also just the fact that like half their good young hitters are suddenly not good. I don't know that that would have made the difference, but I definitely feel like being willing to pay salary is like one of those things you want your owner to do because the alternative uh, is very familiar and it just means that the team is only like, they'll have a chance, but that chance is not going to be improved by anything the owner chooses to do. And that's kind of a frustrating and you know, whatever that's the will pumps, you know, that's every bad owner. There was a uh, story from the athletic about major league baseball proposing a salary floor for baseball teams. That would be a hundred million dollars, but it also would come with a lowered luxury tax of $180 million. Does, does baseball need a salary floor? I know you wrote about the Orioles earlier this week too, which kind of goes hand in hand with the idea of having a salary floor. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of those things. MLB loves to, to do proposals and you know, whom (laughs) among us, does not love to issue position papers and make weird. I mean, it's, that's a, a very bad offer, right? That there's like seven teams that are under the hundred million dollar floor. I don't remember exactly what the numbers were. Evan Drellich had it in the article. So the, the seven teams that are under the hundred million dollar floor are under by a combined, like a hundred and you know, whatever, 20 million. And then that's a similar number that's over the 180 million thing. And they're way over it. And that's like, so basically it's like one of those deals where like, the idea is, I guess, what we're debating because the numbers are so, like, obviously, like, even as first offers go, are just, like, kind of insultingly dumb. I do think a salary floor wouldn't be a bad idea. I think it's just the sort of thing where, like, it, it's unclear to me, like, if you know that owner's main goal is to not have to pay players more, <laughs> then the framework of the deal becomes the interesting thing because you know that they're not really going for like equity or trying to improve competitiveness in the league or whatever. Cause it's, you know, they could have done that just through their behavior in this sort of like unstructured system they've got now. I think a salary floor would be helpful, but I think it's also one of those deals where like there's a salary floor in the NBA too. And so as an anti-tanking measure, like the NBA is, is exactly what major league baseball doesn't want in terms of teams like tanking out hard. So I don't know that like, I, it seems to me like there's something there to start with if you're going to negotiate with it. But I feel like a lot of these MLB offers are designed to make the union look unreasonable. 
uh, or to make owners look reasonable, but I think more the first thing. And so at that point, it's like sort of hard to know how seriously even to take it because, like, how seriously do they mean it? Would that, I guess, would that mean anything to a team like the Dodgers whose opening day payroll is $237 million? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those deals where, I mean, so that's a, a very high payroll, but it's also the sort of thing where, like, they, they don't want to pay the luxury tax more than, you know, any other team does. And right. so I think it's the kind of thing where the, it would mean something that they would have to, like, I don't think they could get to $180 million, really. Right. Like, it would be the sort of thing, like, just in terms of fielding a team that is roughly comprised of the players that are currently on it. So that's what the part of it where you look at that proposal and you're like, all right, well, I kind of see what the idea is here, and I don't mind that. But, like, you can't tell a team to divest itself of, you know, a third of its payroll. Like, that's just, it's not an answer. Like, that's, a, that's posturing. Did you enjoy Lance Lynn throwing his belt up at an umpire to get ejected? Lance, I have—I don't know how I missed out on what a cool guy Lance Lynn is this whole year. He's just like this, I mean, whatever. I couldn't imagine how much I would love him if he was pitching for my team. He's just kind of this, like, burly guy who seems generally to be okay, but he's one of those dudes, it's like, like Rich Hill is another one where, like, they're sort of like high-functioning, normal dudes, except for the days when they're pitching, and then they're just complete psychopaths. <laughs> and he's very, and he's very like like Hill seems like a really nice guy, except for the fact that like you just can't look at him when he's starting. And he's like a grown dude. He's like my age. When the same deal, I mean, he was having a, a rare bad outing last night, but getting ejected for like dismissively tossing your belt towards an umpire is like. I guess I sort of see it because, like, if you figure that umpires are like, like unusually touchy police officers with much less dangerous jobs, like obviously don't throw any item of your clothing, right? Uh, <laughs> but there's still a sense where, like, that's just not a move that I feel like Lance Lynn would make six days out of the week. It's just this guy's problem that he asked for his belt on the day when he happened to have given up some extra base hits, and he was in the psychopath brain zone. So Lance Lynn was the White Sox pitcher in the Field of Dream game, and I don't think he's ever been more in his element than, yeah, he belongs pitching in a cornfield. Like, he just looks like the guy that threw a complete game five days out of the week back in 1893. Right, yes. Yeah, Tungsten Armo Doyle or whatever. Like, just some weird nickname where the guy was, like, pulled out of an anthracite mind because people <laughs> realized he was really good at throwing pebbles, and then there he is. I love that Tony LaRusso called the Field of Dreams game the corn game. <laughs> I feel like that's like when my dad doesn't remember the name of a movie and he's just kind of saying words that he remembers from that are associated with the movie. That's the, the mind space that Tony LaRusso was in there. You guys remember the corn game. That was two days ago. What did you think of the corn game? I thought the corn game was pretty tight, honestly. Like, I think it's one of those things where I, I could see, and some of my younger coworkers were like, this is lame, who cares? Like, this movie came out before I was born. And I feel like the the field of dreams element of it, like, and I, I haven't watched that movie in 20 years. I liked it when I was a kid, you know, and I'm sure that, it, you know, it's probably fine. I think that element of it, like paying it to that movie, uh, doesn't make the most sense to me, but it looked awesome. Like I, and it seemed like it was I, to me, like I'm more open to the idea of major league baseball doing stuff like what the NHL does with the you know, like the winter classics and stuff like that. Like just playing games in, uh, you know, non MLB stadiums, again, like owners don't want to lose a day of gate. Like that's annoying, but it is how they are. But having those games, like have them other places too, like put them places where people don't often get to see major league baseball. Like it's not, 
and for one thing, baseball is not in a position to be fussy about stuff like that anymore. You know, like it's they're not the national pastime. You know, like and if the NFL can have a game in you know London or in Mexico City or whatever, then like why would you turn down the opportunity? Like the one I'm thinking of is uh, in Newark, New Jersey, um, where I grew up. There's this Negro League stadium that they had allowed to like basically crumble to. Like it's still identifiably a stadium, but you can't play baseball there anymore. And they've been rebuilding it at you know kind of one of those weird, uh, like super inflated costs that are endemic to projects in northeastern United States cities. But like it's going to look cool when they're done with it. I think it would be awesome to have a game there. Be a room like, and I think stuff like that. There's places like that all over the country. I think. All right, Roth. What is your favorite player, because you've you've done a lot of you've you've looked at a lot of uh, baseball cards. With who's your favorite player that had a tall hat? Oh, like the um, like the sort of the dad hat thing. Yes. The, uh, yes. So I think the the guy that has had the best photographs of themselves wearing a, a the high hat is Rick Honeycutt, which is not a name that necessarily rings any bells. He was on the Dodgers pitching staff like as a coach for a long time, he pitched for them for a while. I don't know how he did it. And, and some of it was like some of those old tops things like Photoshopping was in its infancy. So like when Rick Honeycutt gets traded to the A's, there's like one guy in the office that can draw good. And he just has to like draw a big A's hat on top of a photo of him. But there are some pictures of him where he looks uh, like he looked like, like Pharrell when he showed up at the Grammys that year. And he was just wearing like the 45 gallon hat. Like it's that, but with it, with the A's logo on it. David, how many other people in the world would have an answer that quickly to who had the best tall hat in baseball history? It's the most embarrassing thing about me, <laughs> and there's a lot of embarrassing <laughs> things about me. I'd like to think that I'm one of the people that you know would come through fastest with that, but like, look what it's done to my life. Like, <laughs> look at the, the hazmat situation in my brain as a result of being that guy. Well, he is David Roth from The Defector. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Thanks, David. Out. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, David. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Did you see Eric Musselman yesterday with that uh, Steelers hat on? The no. Pirates? It was weird. Like, he had his Arkansas uh, thing on, but I think it was a Steelers hat. But it was one of those huge, tall hats, and he's standing there like this. It was weird. Oh, he blocked he me on Twitter, too. He did? Yeah. What? No, did he? Yeah. Long you don't even ago. cover his team. It was when he hired the guy from Cal who was in the middle of a sexual assault investigation. All right. That, that, I, well, <laughs> I tweeted something about this guy's in the middle of a sexual assault investigation, but Nevada's hiring him. And he, t- and he blocked yeah, him? I, yeah. And that's, I mean, shortly after that, I couldn't see any more tweets from Eric Musselman, which I kind of, I, I miss because he's got a lot of tweets. He's got a lot of, he's a fun guy. Man. He runs around taking his shirt off. Apparently wears yeah, really tall hats. He, 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 he hires a lot of people. Yeah. All right. Coming up next. Oh, Ed, we got to, we got to throw out the rundown because the Dodgers have a new Jersey. One, one pitch swung on and hit well to center field. Reynolds going back to the track. He's at the wall. He leaps. It's gone. AJ Pollock with his 15th home run of the year. Guns and Roses, they're coming to Allegiant Stadium. We are going to have a pair of tickets to give away tomorrow to go see Guns and Roses at Allegiant Stadium. You can buy tickets right now at Ticketmaster.com. But we'll have a chance for you, one more chance tomorrow, to win a pair of tickets. All right, Ed. Dodgers have new jerseys. They're all blue, including yeah, the pants. I'm looking at them. 
Hmm. I t- yeah, I like the jerseys a lot. Um, it's fine. Uh, like them. I don't like the hats, though. So it's Los Dodgers uh, paying, paying tribute to the local Latino community. I don't like the hats that says Los Dodgers. I don't it's know why busy. it's too— It's busy. Exactly. I was just going to say it's busy. It's too much. Yeah. The, the Dodgers—I mean, the jerseys are fine. You're, you know, you're uh, not changing much there. I like the blue, but I don't like the hat. I will not be getting that hat. Did you see the quote from the Dodgers uh, CMO? He said, we don't have a third jersey. We don't wear different jerseys based on days of the week. So an all blue uniform with spray paint accents represents a pretty drastic change for us. All right. Was he on some like moral high horse? Yeah, who's the Dodgers I mean, don't have alternate jerseys. Who cares? Just win games. <laughs> who cares about that? Just win a game. Gee. Can you beat the Mets the tonight? Giants get, for beat the once? Mets tonight and get within two and a half. My God. <laughs> They're worried about too many things. I like the jerseys. I, I actually like the blue. I actually like them a lot. You know my feelings on jerseys, but the hats, you're right. The hat's way too busy. The way, there's too much to it. Shohei Otani yesterday hits a home run, 40th home run, leads Major League Baseball in home runs, first to get to 40, and eight innings pitch, six hits, one earned, eight strikeouts. It was against the Tigers, but still. Eight innings pitched, only allowing one run, leading Major League Baseball in home runs. I It's unbelievable how good this guy has been at both things. Unreal how good he's been. Was it Jack Morris who got uh, suspended there? Was that him? Yes. The, uh, yeah, the uh, oh. announcer for the Tigers. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, it's amazing how people continue to do these things on hot mic. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I don't know. That if wasn't just, even a hot, that wasn't mic. a hot mic. That wasn't no. a hot mic. You no, know, he said it. He actually yeah. said it. And it was just like, I don't, I don't know. They keep he, doing these things. It's like, he I just, don't get it. Yeah, he just he was asked about how would you I hit the handle, home, he hit the home run right? No, yeah, he's like, how would you handle? Otani oh, how would you handle him? That's right. How would and you? And he used an yes. Asian accent yes. to say, uh, "Be very, very careful." And that was it's so. I, un- it was so unnecessary. Right? Like, uh, not like well, it was just he, so stupid. Just say it. You're a pitcher. You're like a Hall of Fame pitcher. Just say, "I do this to him." Yeah. I mean, just uh, say uh, it. Yeah, or just be like, "Be very, very careful." Yes. Like, don't throw it down the middle. Oh, thanks, Jack. <laughs> don't, <laughs> like, don't put on. Like an accent that is racist. It's like <laughs> I was never suspended for my Irish accent in bars ever. I was well, actually applauded at times. Applauded. <laughs> <laughs> the Italian one didn't go you over well. You would leave and <laughs> people would applaud. Yes, the Italian one didn't go over well, but the Irish well, one did. Hold on, let me let me think through this. You weren't insulting them. You were no! using it to try to. Pick, pick up, up women. women. Yes, so. yes. Absolutely. No, I wasn't insulting anybody. It's I like, mean, I was insulting myself with the Italian one because it was just brutal. <laughs> the Irish one was okay, but the Italian but was, was really bad. But it was basically a I, compliment to the Irish because you the were Irish. like, I would be better if yes. I had this accent. Yes. I was actually I was actually insulting Italy. Well, I mean, okay. that was just brutal. But no, the Irish one, yeah, I was... Yeah, I, I would be a better person <laughs> and have more of a chance to pick you up. I would if, be in fact, more I had desirable. Yes. If, if I had an Irish accent, yes. was basically what you were saying. The Italian one where I said Mia Mori, which I didn't know what it meant. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and ciao. Wait, what's the... I, you've told us about the Italian one before. Why did you go to the Italian one? Yeah, you know, it was just a, maybe a couple pops that night. Maybe okay. I, 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 I forgot just... which way I was supposed to go. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know why. That's a great he question. He started out Irish and <laughs> quickly became Italian for one night, and then it was over. Oh, 
embarrassing. Italian the accent. lack of respect in my house for these stories. <laughs> Just completely disgusted with me. I like like champion it, and they're like, it's you're completely pathetic. Why would you have to do that? I mean, the Irish accent's great. <laughs> the, fake, the fake name or yeah, the, the fake name? The, yeah, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> It's great. And the story of, of somebody coming up to you and you having to speak in an Irish accent in front of your now wife. Yes. Phenomenal. <laughs> it's like, what the hell was that? You're not Irish. Why are you talking that way? <laughs> Amen. <laughs>